Are you ready? Welcome to the Think Millions podcast, a channel where you get an unfiltered, raw, and authentic conversation about the challenges of being an entrepreneur and tips and tricks on how you can scale your business to the next level. If you are looking to scale your business, then you're in the right place. Introducing our host, Alexa Diagostino. Hello and welcome to the Think Millions podcast, a podcast where you have real entrepreneurs coming to you every week sharing how to scale your business to seven figures. I have my dear friend who you all know if you've been listening to our podcast, Deborah Shannon. And today we're talking about what do you need to put into your business to get out seven figures, right? So it's like a machine. What do you put in it? so that you can get the output that you want, which is seven figures. This is called the Think Millions podcast. So if you're listening, that means you're trying to think millions or you're thinking millions. So let's just jump into it. I know we could just start talking about so many different things that you need to put in your business. I'm going to, I'm going to kick it off first and then I'll let you go next. The first thing and the most important thing that you have to put into this machine, we'll call it the business machine is hard work. And I know that sounds so silly, but I don't think people understand what it really takes to build an empire and people underestimate the amount of hard work. People think, oh, I want to leave my nine to five, make more money and have that four hour work life because that's super four hour work week book, whatever. And like that doesn't exist if you're running a real business. Yeah. If you want to just make 50 K and like travel the world and just live like a kumbaya life. Yeah. You could probably have a four hour work week, maybe. But if you really want to build an empire and you want to leave a legacy and build a multi seven, eight, nine, ten figure business, you have to put the hard work in. You know, I'm going to, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to do the seven things you got to put in. You're going to, you're going to lay them out. And then I'm going to put in two cents worth of my opinion. (laughs) All right. So put your two cents in the hard work. Go. You're going to have 14 cents at the end of this, which is very exciting. No, the hard work thing, (laughs) because like that could sound super intimidating, right? Like, and it is, there's no question. You're telling the absolute truth. I have been there. Like, I remember the very first startup outside of Disney that I did, you know, there was no salary for like, you know, like a year and a half and it was all work. And it's kind of like raising a baby until they can talk and walk. It's all work. It's just like, you're just diving in. But here's the difference. When you're an entrepreneur or when you're starting a business, time expands on a certain level. And here's why. Anytime you're doing something you're passionate about or you love, what happens? You lose track of time. The reason you lose track of time is because you're enjoying what you're doing. You're not paying attention to the clock. They call it nine to five because you know exactly when the five o'clock whistle blows because you're ready to go home because you put in the work for somebody else. This you're putting in the work for you. So, you know, and your family and your like and and your team. Like I put in my hard work, not just for my family and myself, but for you for you guys too. Like, and I said that once to Tanya and she got kind of offended. But when I explained it to her, I'm like, it's not charity. Like, I care. I want to build a life for all of you and my team. Like, look what we do at for Khan. Like, Khanokar has worked for me for 16 years. I changed the guy's life. He's from India. He gets paid like an American, literally. The kid literally lives like a king. Look at Sky. At 17 years old, I was literally paying him like an American. Right. And so again, like we're changing these people's lives. And, and so for me, it's like the hard work that I put in is is for my clients and for my family, but also for the team. It's, it's not just that. That's it's just like time expanding. It just feels good. The rewards are inbuilt. It's it's so important. 
Uh, all right. Number two is a brand. You got to put a good brand into this machine and it can't spit the brand out, right? So you have to remember that building a brand is an evolution. And sometimes people get so stuck and they go hire these expensive brand companies. And like we just convinced RIT to not do that, right? I literally said to RIT, don't go spending all this money building this like luxury brand that you don't even know if people are going to like. Like, don't do that. And we got them to actually agree with us on it because, you know, at the end of the day, if you put all this money in building a brand and you don't know if people want it, like you've got to experiment. So you've got to put the brand into the machine and see how it reacts. Does it spit it back out at you or, or does it like it? And so you've got to kind of tweak your brand, tweak your messaging, tweak who you are because people buy people. People want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. So it's not just your corporate brand, but it's your brand as a CEO as well. Okay, here comes my two cents. Here's the other reason you don't want to put a lot of money in. <laughs> I love life. your two cents. I'm just saying. <laughs> Here's why you don't, you know, to your point about RIT or anybody else. So many businesses, companies, especially solopreneurs, service providers, and things like that, to them, a brand is a logo. And yeah, that's part of it. But really what the brand is, is the is the end-to-end experience that the customer client has of your service, the provision of your service, the experience during that service. So I can have the fanciest looking whatever, but if I don't deliver and execute in a way that aligns with what I say my brand is, then it doesn't matter what my brand is because my brand isn't is a lot. So like, look at Google, like everybody points to Google. What the heck was that? Brand? Like, what what's a Google? why that font, why those colors, like it had meant nothing. But it evolved over time. If you look at Google, Nike, Apple, their logo and their messaging evolved over time. And it became about the customer journey and the customer experience. That's what the whole thing is. You're skipping to number three. Come on. All right. Number three is customer journey. So the customer journey is so many different things, but the biggest mistake entrepreneurs do is they think about the beginning of the customer journey and not the middle and the end. The customer journey is from the moment somebody learns about you. Remember, attention and audience are two different things. If you're putting it, if you're trying to get attention, that's different than building an audience. You want attention. The person with the most attention normally wins. Sometimes they don't, but most of the time they do. Look at Donald Trump. He won because he had a lot of attention. Should he have won? I don't know. Let's not get into politics. But the point is, is he had the most attention. And what did he do? He built an audience off that attention. So whatever you want to say about him, he's damn good at it, right? And so that's just one piece of the pie is building attention and audience. But then the most important piece of everything after you get somebody close is the onboarding process. Somebody determines, your customer or client determines within the first seven days if they like you or not. If they don't, it's really hard to turn them around. And if they have a bad experience, and I've had a few customers, so one in particular last summer, we had a big event and we had signed two clients like two days before. And so Really, what we should have done is started their contract after, but they were adamant about starting. And so what I did, and I thought I was doing the right thing, is I gave them access to the event uh, for free. And they both got super overwhelmed because they kind of jumped into this event and they had no onboarding process. And so one got spoiled and the other almost got spoiled, but we fixed it. And now she's a very long-term client. So we had to really work to fix it. So what that really showed me is without a good onboarding process, it's really difficult to make sure that you and the client are on the same page, that the expectations are are the same and that you you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like they got to feel 
comfort. They got to feel coddled. They got to feel good. They got to feel like they got to feel confident, right? In in the whole journey. You don't want to be coming in, start to feel like bad, right? But I love what you said about like, you know, it's the, the customer. Here's the thing. The customer journey starts before they're your customer. And, and I think people miss that too, because it used to be that the customer journey started with a, a phone call. Like I look up your plumbing service or your whatever in the phone book or yellow page ad, and I call you. And, and that's where my experience of you begins. The second the second visit is the parking lot or the front door. And there used to be all this stuff around that. That's You've already won them if they're in your parking lot, virtually or in real life. Where it happens is when they start to look at what you just said, you, you know, getting attention. They're looking at your socials. They're looking at your your business page online. They're looking at your web page. All of that is being taken in before you even get a chance to impact them. So you know none of that can be forgotten. The whole game has changed. You know they're 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 a customer before they're even introduced to you. And so the customer journey. I mean, the customer journey starts before they're even your customer. So it's real important to remember that it doesn't just yeah. and and then of course on the that's a quote. Rate. Customer journey begins before they're even your customer. Boom. Three That's cents. It. That was three cents. Yeah, that was that was you definitely gave them their money's worth right there. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is I actually only had six points, by the way, to share today. And then you decided to tell everybody I had seven. So I came up with a really good seventh and I can't wait to share it. So. Uh, all right. So just this will hopefully keep people around for the seventh point because it's really good. All right. So number four is a network. You have to put in a network and most of your business should not come from a network. But how I look at how we have lead generation right now and, and how it's going is we have organic lead generation that's coming. So that brought us to multi seven figures. We have a machine basically on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, and we're putting things in and we're getting stuff out, aka leads, and then closing those leads. So we have organic leads. Then we have me as an influencer. I'm going in and I'm speaking. So I'm getting on stages. That's called bootstrapping an audience. I did a whole masterclass on our, for our students on this two weeks ago. It is literally my secret sauce. I'm literally going on other people's stages and bootstrapping their audience and not even selling to their audience, but people like me, I guess. And they want to work with me when they see me and what I know. And then boom, I get that. So that's one of our biggest lead gen. And then obviously we just started doing some paid advertising, very, very little testing things out for some of our lower ticket items. So that's third. But the fourth is our network. And so that comes in two forms. So that is building what I call an army of networkers that are out there, fractional COOs, fractional CFOs, CEOs, people that have connections and are out there. So for example, we have two people that are on our staff that work for us as a 1099, but they're fractional, you know, whatever. So one's a fractional lawyer, one's a fractional, fractional head of sales, and they're working with major, major brands. They're bringing in a fourth of our revenue, right? And so I have a number of people that just send us referrals. And this could be even competitors that maybe do one out of 10 of your services. We have this right now, the situation. We have somebody that does videos, but they don't offer everything else that we offer. So now we're working with them and they're referring business to us. Now it's a win-win. They get money and we get money, right? And we are good at what we do and we'll service their client well. So that's that's one way. And then the other is obviously referrals. People are scared to ask for referrals like from current clients, but also friends and family, people that have used you, like, don't be afraid. We're constantly telling people, hey, you refer us, we'll give you back money towards your bill. Don't be afraid to put together a package and to ask people for the referral. I say, if you're afraid to ask for referrals, you don't believe in your service. Like, what are you talking Uh, about? I mean, come on. Like, 
<laughs> but so I many think, people are, Deb. I know it's true. I mean, my thing is I look at my service provision. I, I want my service provision to feel like I have the proverbial cure for whatever ails you know, that, that client, I don't want to say for cancer, but almost like to that level. And like, I would scream it from the rooftop. My only job is to make sure everybody knows about it. I believe in it that much, but what we were saying earlier about that kind of network system and, and that, you know, sometimes people get confused by the word strategic partnership. They think that it's like literally like this legal partnership that's formed, but the truth is it's putting yourself in the flow of funds going between service providers you step right into the middle of that flow of money and and some of it's going to come to you. So the way that you do that is you you partner up with people who are who are serving the same kind of client you are but they're doing a different service and 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 you make them look good too because the truth of it is if you're a service provider you should have a deep well of resources to refer people to. There is very little somebody can come to me and say Man, I, I'm having trouble with X, Y, or Z that I don't know somebody that can help them with it. And, and that makes me useful even when I'm not the right service provider that they need, but they remember me and it builds goodwill for my own personal brand and good capital, social capital with, cl- with clients for the future. And, and what goes around comes around. It's just good karma. Good karma. Good karma. karma. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of our secret sauces too. And it's because I build relationships and that's really important when you talk about, you know, this network and this, I call it like the web of of people referring people to your business. Now I have a a client that this is literally was before they started working with us, like their only like revenue source. And as soon as the economy went to shit, it dried up. And luckily three months earlier, we had onboarded a couple other legion opportunities and the only thing that has been coming in the last three months are the things we put in place he's like my business would have had to shut down so it's just i stress how important it is to have multiple different avenues but really nurturing this network is so so important so going well, we, on talk, to, yeah. we talk about scaling the scale a scale is another word for exponential growth and this is the way yeah. to do it. This is, a, this is an exponent. This isn't plus one, plus one, plus one. This is times five or times 10 or whatever the size of the network is. So this is how to do it faster. Number five is content and people hate content. All right. Let's be honest. How many of you hate content? Raise your hands. I can't see you, but just yeah, like sure. they love to consume it. They love <laughs> to consume it, but they don't like to actually do. But yet it's one of the most important things because it's the bridge between you know, lead land and buying land. And it's a bridge of trust. And the reality is so many people are like, oh, I'm wasting my time. Nobody's looking at it. And then, you know, what's funny. So we have a client we've been doing content for. And at first, like, he's like, no, I don't really see anything. So he's on a call with a lead yesterday. And he texts me after he goes, dude, this is a huge big wig. And he's been following me because I followed him on LinkedIn. He sees all my content. And he said, your content's why I jumped on the phone with you. And I said, see, it's working and you don't even know it. So many people are consuming your content and they're not telling you. They're they're not telling you. These these people are what I call silent fans. And so many times I have people that come forward and we had a, we have so many students that have been following me for a very very long time and they just they don't comment, they don't like, they're literally secret followers and they consume it but they're not engaging and then 6 to 9 12 months later they're then coming forward when they realize they need the help remember 97% of people do not know they need your help it's that one piece of content that you put out that makes them go oh shit and the thing I is need her. 
That's the thing. Anybody who complains about lead gen or they don't have money for advertising, that's what you hit them with. You hit them with, well, but are you producing content on the regular and consistently? Because if you're not, you're missing out on quote unquote free advertising. Like you just said, it's out there while you're sleeping and it lives on forever. People can share it. They can send it around. It can be, I mean, it's just, and when people need you, that content is there to answer whatever questions before they even become your client. So it's a miss for sure if you're not doing it. Absolutely. All right. So let's, let's go on to number six, money. You got to put money into your business. And this comes into a lot of different formats, right? It comes into investing in a good team. And sometimes you have to put a little money in to get the right people. And it's so important. And so what you have to cut your paycheck by a grand or two, it will come back if you hire the right person. And so that's the first thing is, is team. And then I also want to add in there processes and automation. You have to invest in technology. You have to invest in processes and automation, because if you're going to grow, once you hit like 250,000 and multi six figures, you have to put processes in place because it's not sustainable. You cannot grow a business if you don't have processes and automation and a team, period. People think manufacturers are the only ones who need a factory. It's not true. If you're a service provider, you need a factory. And that's what you're describing. It's just that it's virtual. You don't have to go buy the machinery and equipment and buildings, but you have to have a virtual factory supporting your business and helping you with the flow of not just lead gen and not just content, but also service provision. There's so much now in the tech stack that's available that you can be a one, two, three person operation and and provide at a massive level if you have the right automation in place. But cash is king and queen and the jester and the joker and the pawn and all the things here in the beginning, guys, you got to make sure that you measure your runway and you measure your churn. If your churn rate outpaces the time you need to catch up to the cash burn rate, then you're done. So you got to make sure that you understand the timing of your cash flow and your churn rate. That's super important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And these are the things you have to pay attention. You have to know your strengths and weaknesses. So I got to the point where I, my business had grown so big. I'm like, I can't pretend to be a COO, right? My wife used to be our COO before we sold our company, but now she works for the company that bought our company. And so she can no longer be my COO. But in the beginning of building my business, I thought it was important for me to understand legal, understand how to read. She did all of that, right? Understand P&L statements. But then it got to the point where the business got too big for me to be the COO and the CEO. And that's where Deb came in. And it's been a huge weight off my shoulders. But we basically doubled our revenue in the last 30 days for a lot of different reasons. I say three reasons. One, we cut the fat people and processes. So we got rid of all the negativity. We got rid of the things that weren't working and the things that were bogging us down. The second thing is we doubled down on what was working. Like we looked at, hey, what's working? How can we double down? And the third thing that we did is we became laser focused. We knew our targets and we were laser focused on getting what we want. So that all is super important because if you're not focused on what you're doing, then it's going to be really difficult, right? So you have to constantly be looking at what you're doing. You have to constantly be investing. And a lot of the three things that we just I just talked about was Deb's contribution. And so, yes, I invested in her. And yes, like it might have cost me some money to do that. But now I'm making it tenfold. We doubled our revenue. It's not a coincidence, right? And so... So to me, investments are some of the most important things you could do in your business. And you're not always going to see the money come back immediately, but you will if you hire the right person. 
The biggest bill you're ever going to pay is where you pay attention. If you're paying attention to the wrong things, you're going to make the wrong decisions, take the wrong actions. If you're paying attention to the right things, you make the right decisions, take the right actions. If you're not paying attention at all, then the inmates will start running the asylum and you'll run out of cash long before you ever get off the ground. So it's really important that you focus on what's not working, what is working, and care enough to notice and then care enough to do something about it. And one of the big core values here at our organization is speed of implementation. Move quickly to, to act on those on what you notice, where you pay attention. Yeah. All right. You ready for the seventh one? I am dying. <laughs> All right. In this machine, you've got to put zero fucks in because... <laughs> You can't, you got to give zero fucks what people think. You got to give zero fucks of mistakes you're going to make because you're going to make them. You've got to give zero fucks about hurting people's feelings. It's just business, guys. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do and you can't let it drag you down. So to me, number seven is you got to have zero fucks. I love that. You can't move well on a mission if you're giving too many fucks about everything that's outside the mission. Mission focus team orientation and laser like i love that and it, and all that is is a distraction you know it, it fucks pull up pull you off focus there it is there's the 10 cents instead of 2 cents fucks given will pull you off focus you can't afford that especially at the start and then what do we say you, you have to be laser focused in order to to get to the next uh the next level so that's what we have for you today, guys. If you enjoyed this, remember, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now. Number one is hard work. All right. Number two is a brand. Number three is a customer journey. Number four is a network. Number five is content. Number six is money. Number seven is zero fucks. So those are the seven things you must put into the business machine to get the output of seven figures. If you enjoyed this, hit that subscription button and give us a five-star review. And if you want more episodes, you can go to thinkmillions.com and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Deb. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Think Millions Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.